Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Paddock's Pick podcast. Uh, Charlie, it's uh, come round quick, but the, the Grand National's finally here. How, how are the emotions heading into Aintree? Well, my, my emotions are absolutely fine, though I'm not riding <laughs> in the race. As in, I'll just be watching from home. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's an exciting time of year. Liverpool's always a great occasion and and yeah, I can't wait for it to get started. Absolutely right. Well, myself and Charlie, both delighted to be joined on the line by uh, Harry Skelton, who's currently en route to Merseyside. Um, Harry, looking forward to the next three days, I imagine. You've got some fantastic rides ahead. Yeah, looking forward to the next three days. Um, the horses are in good form, so no, looking forward to it. Fantastic. Well, I opened up last week. We had Leighton Aspel uh, on the show um, with just a few quickfire 50-50 questions. So I'll throw them your way. And Charlie, I've changed them from last week just so we can get you involved uh, as well. So we'll start with uh, right. a very, very divisive one. Uh, Harry, first of all, we'll come to you. Chocolate in the fridge or out of the fridge? Oh, in the fridge. <laughs> Charlie, are you in agreement? Yeah, 100%. It's just weird if you didn't do it that way. <laughs> um, Charlie, what about yourself? Uh, summer or winter? I mean, I'm, I'm aware that I've got two National Hunt jockeys uh, on the show, so uh, I think I might know which way this one's going. Uh, quite a difficult one. Um, I, 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 I like the best of both worlds, to be honest, as in I prefer a summer holiday, but I'd, and, but I'd rather work in the winter. I hate working when it's too hot, start sweating and just does nothing for me especially working with the horses. So, like I say, I prefer a summer holiday, but I'd like to work more in the winter. Yeah. Uh, Harry, how about yourself? Are you a summer or winter man? I'm a winter man. Yeah. yeah. I'd much rather put an extra coat on. <laughs> We're very much Cheltenham Festival over Royal Ascot on here, aren't we? Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, Ollie Bell or Matt Chapman, Harry? If you just had a winner at the Cheltenham Festival, who would you rather be interviewed by? Uh, I'm going to say... Matt Chapman. Yeah. Very much a marmite in the, uh, in the horse racing game, isn't he? Uh, Charlie, as someone who works in broadcasting, would you sway one way or the other? God, it's, yeah, I, I'm going to go Matt Chapman as well. He's, he's actually been pretty good for me, helping me get a start in, in, in the sort of media world. And I actually spent a day with him a few years ago where he came around with me riding out. And I woke up to the presence of Matt Chapman. And, and to be honest, uh, his TV persona isn't actually as bad as the real life Matt Chapman. So he's, he and he know he knows his racing. He's a really switched on fella. So Matt Chapman for me. Yeah, the uh, the less said about dancing on ice, the better, I think. And uh, yeah, very much ITV racing on a Saturday afternoon. That's for sure. Uh, Harry, for yourself, uh, we, we were saying last week about uh, Monkfish and Envoy Allen both racing against each other. Uh, if you had your pick of the ride, who would you opt for? Oh, I would. That's a difficult one. Um, I would uh, say Envoy Allen. Envoy Allen. Yeah, I know you're an Envoy Allen man as well, Charlie, weren't yeah. you? Yeah, to be honest, Tom, I think we should just be quiet for a minute. We can hear what Dan's going to run at the weekend. Here, it sounds like in the background. So we, we got, we, we got, a, we got, we're privileged to have inside information here on the podcast. Sorry about that. <laughs> Before anyone else hears it as well, absolutely right. Um, and again, obviously, the emotions very much uh, for, for for the national itself, uh, Harry. Uh, but th- this is obviously, I suppose, the ultimate national hunt fifty-fifty: the Grand National or the Gold Cup. Oh, the Grand National. Grand National, yeah. Uh, Charlie, well, of course, you've obviously both had Grand National success. Uh, Charlie, if it was the English National or the Gold Cup, uh, which way would you side? 
I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go Gold Cup. I think the Gold Cup's the pinnacle of the sport. It means you're probably you're riding the best day and chaser and training. So Gold Cup, but probably probably for from a public profile, the national is obviously the, the race that everyone wants to know whether you've ridden it. Never mind what. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, I mean, looking through the card, it's 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 not obviously just about the one race either, is it? Uh, you know, we've got three days of fantastic racing coming up. Um, Harry, I suppose we'll kick start with just just going back to your Irish Grand National win. I mean, you were only nineteen at the time. It was uh, aboard Niche Market, I believe, for for Bob Buckler. Um, what what are your memories of uh, of that race at Fairy House? Um, yeah, I mean, I was nineteen at the time, but we were actually watching it the other day and. Uh, down at Plumpton and the lads uh, in the weighing room, um, you know, were saying about it. And to be honest, at, at the age, it was just a bit of a blur, really. I went over on the plane. I was there, you know, for not very long. Um, and, uh, yeah, managed to win the race and straight back on the plane, back to the airport and back home again. Um, you know, it's it, it, it all just rolled into one, really, but it was a great moment and um, something I'll never forget Absolutely. I, I remember um, actually watching it when, when Harry won and it was fantastic as in to have a have a British person go over there and win the Irish National takes a bit of doing I mean mm. I rode in a race once and, and when they start playing that Irish National Anthem when you're down to start you know you've got a target on your back as a Brit over there <laughs> and the worst thing when I rode in it I rode a horse that was completely white so there was no getting away from it. And I could see all these Irish people like absolutely psyched after that anthem's gone on. And I'm down the inside on a, an all-white horse. And a, I can assure you, it's a pretty it's a pretty rough place to be. And for Harry to go and win it at that age was mm. a fantastic achievement. He got some cheer in the way. I was going to say, I mean, I think I, I, was doing, I was looking back and I think they said at one point that Harry's win may have been the third British success uh, in the Irish National, like the last six years or something, something around that. We just don't really seem to sort of see too many head over that way nowadays, do we? No, I suppose we don't. Um, I suppose not, not, not too many British runners go over, but, um, you know, it's, it, it certainly is a hard race to win. But um, at Niche Market, um, you know, got the job done for me. And um, it was, uh, I haven't uh, ridden in the race since, but. Uh, yeah, if we had the right horse, we'd be back over there again. Absolutely right. And you've got him at home, Harry, haven't you? You've got him at home. You've yeah, he's retired with us. Yeah. Um, Graham Regan um, kindly uh, gave me, picked up an injury, um, and, and basically was at an age where he probably wasn't going to come back to racing. But um, yeah, he's retired at home with us. I think he's twenty now. Um, yeah, he's he's in good good old form with himself, and um, he's actually ready to go out in the field back for his holiday. So. Um, that is, he's a lovely horse and a uh, proper old-fashioned chaser, actually. Um, you don't see too many like him around anymore. No, that's great to hear. Um, Charlie, I suppose, j- just just making it relevant to kind of almost the modern day, if you had your, your pick of the rise on, on Easter Monday, you probably wouldn't have uh, opted for free Will and Dylan uh, before the start of the race, would you? 150 to 1? <laughs> Not a chance. I wish I'd have backed him. I mean, crikey. It's, um, <laughs> it, I mean, it just, again, it just highlights the unpredictable nature of, of, of jump racing and a, a brilliant occasion for for a small team and, 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 and a rider that hasn't had a lot of you know recognition on the biggest stage and and yeah it, it just epitomized all that's good about jump racing really that the, the you know the small operator can can produce and deliver on the biggest stage you know 
Absolutely right. I saw a video uh, on, on Twitter the other day of a young lad. I think he had about one euro each way on freewheeling Dylan and he was going absolutely bananas when uh, when he was lifted over the line. It was uh, fantastic to watch. Uh, only national yeah, racing. Someone, I, think someone, I think someone said, like, you know, that there, there's, there's very few sports can mm. sort of provoke that sort of emotional <laughs> response, isn't there? And, and we're very lucky in racing to have that. I and mean, it's something we need to kind of champion a bit more, you know? Yeah, quite right. Um Harry, obviously, having you on the line, it would be rude not to discuss the, the current Jockeys Championship. Uh, you're obviously on 133 winners uh, thus far, operating at a, a 29% strike rate. It's been a real success story, not not just even this season, but you know the last few seasons, um, from all those involved uh, at Lodge Hill. What, what's been the difference in these last few years? Um, I think... Um, um, you know, the fact, obviously, that when Dan started training... Uh, his operations just growing and growing. That you know, obviously, it's a family-run operation, and things have you know taken off really. Um, the fact that we've got a good team around us, uh, the horses are in good form, and and um, yeah, over the years, the, the quality has been up, and um, means I'm riding more winners. So that's no, brilliant. I was um, I was speaking to Aidan Coleman um, yesterday, Harry, and he was talking about sort of quality over quantity. But as I obviously kind of discussed earlier, I was, I was flicking through your rides uh, this weekend, the likes of My Drogo, Third Time Lucky, Midnight River, Roxana. It seems like you've almost got the best of both worlds of all these, you know, plenty of, uh, of rides over the next three days. And they're all in these, you know, big graded races and, of course, Black Line in the Grand National itself. So it's, it's like you've got the best of both worlds. Yeah, I'm very lucky. Lucky position. Like the quality this year has definitely been lifted from the yard. Um, they're getting better and better. And um, my Drogo obviously comes to Aintree fresh and well after missing Cheltenham. Um, he, he's been uh, very progressive this year. Really, uh, you know, and he's had a big ask in front of him because he only ran in his uh, first ever race in October in a bumper at Cheltenham, and he's unbeaten over hurdles since. So. Um, he's come a long way, but he's a horse that you know we think a lot of in the future. Um, Midnight River's been progressive this year, um, winning well at Ascot the last day. Very good, straightforward horse. Um, I think he's stepping up to you know the three miles the first time. We don't see that as a problem. And Roxana's been fantastic and been a very good horse for us. Um, she comes in into the race in good form. I don't think she had too hard a race actually at Cheltenham, um, and I think you know obviously she enjoys the three miles back at that now and getting a seven pound being a mare on a track that um, she just got touched off in a couple of years ago um, over the course and distance so um, she's in good form as well yeah, she uh, she certainly loves uh, loves it around Aintree, doesn't he? And Charlie, we were discussing uh, my Drogo uh, a couple of weeks ago, I believe, weren't we? And he just looks an absolute beast, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, bar watching him, I don't, I don't know too much about him, but mm-hmm. I mean, like I think Harry said. The fact that he's come such a long way in such a short space of time with, you know, limited experience shows the, the quality that he he must possess. And I don't, you know, I, he he looks to have an outstanding chance in a two mile four grade one. And you'd imagine though that it, it, this is very much the beginning for him. And, and if he has a bit of luck physically and stays, he sees a horse. I don't. I mean, Harry will probably tell us when he goes chasing could go on to even greater things. I would imagine. Yeah, massively. And that's that's. We're very lucky that the owners. Um, have got very much that in mind. Um, you know, they've been fantastic, um, you know, with him because, you know, they, they've left it up to Dan and, and, um, 
you know, we, we're really looking forward to the future with him as a chaser. Um, you know, it's a big decision to, to miss, miss Cheltenham and come to Aintree, but, um, but, you know, that was um, you know, a decision that, um, you know, we all talked about and, you know, we wanted to keep him away from there this year. Um, and, you know, coming to Aintree, hopefully the track will suit, but we definitely see him further down the line as hopefully um, being a very good chaser. Do you think he's your best chance this, the next few days, Harry? Um, yeah, he's obviously got a very strong chance. Um, I think he's got some good rides, actually. Um, I think it'd be difficult to pick out one. Um, but I think he's the shortest price of them. Um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, he's definitely up there. Um, and we've got, you know, got some good rides, so looking forward to them. It's interesting, Harry, that you talk about uh, my Drogo, of course, bypassing Cheltenham, and, and, and obviously a, b- a big decision to have to do that. But again, you look you look through the, the, you know these races today, the likes of the the Aintree Hurdle, where you've got Jason the Militant, like fabulous brewing up a storm, song for someone, Booba Dare. I mean, you know, none of these horses, you know, were at Presby, Presby Park a few weeks ago, uh, and it just goes to show that the real kind of strength and depth in in these kind of divisions, and, and it's not always just about Cheltenham. And there's actually some really really other good meetings in in the spring, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Um, you know, for sure. Um, I just felt that you know Cheltenham um, on the race he probably would have ran in um, would have been on the old course, and it's quite it is a, it's quite a, a trappy course, and um, it's you know, a big question for a novice. Um, you know, you've got your two downhill hurdles, and that's a big ask, big test. Um, and just the undulations of the track itself, but um, we always felt that entry would suit him well, so that's why we've come here. Uh, and obviously, I suppose best to, to, to go on to your rise today. Uh, I, believe, I, believe, I believe four on the card: uh, Protector at John Locke, uh, Destria, and LA Bell. Is there one that you're more keen on than than the others? Would you say, or are you just hopeful that, that all four will kind of run their race? Yeah, I think all four would have a chance. Um, wouldn't be surprised now if John Locke ran a very big race. Um, he's improved a lot since Kempton. Um, wait, I was in the race the whole way a bit that day, just travelling a bit too well. Um, still travelling well, turning in. I, I think there'll be a strong, be a good strong pace in the race today. I'll just ride him a little bit colder and and um, let them get on with it. They might just soften each other up up front. Um, he's a high class horse. Um, I think he's the highest rated flat horse coming into the race. Um, track will suit him with the ground. Wouldn't be surprised now if you're in a massive race. I think it's eighteen to one. So. Um, we'll see how he gets on. Uh, the mare in the last, LA Bell, she, she's a good mare. Um, I'll ride her a little bit closer today. I, I could have done with a stronger pace at Cheltenham. Um, but she's she's a very good mare. She's come out of the race well. Um, you know, otherwise we wouldn't have really been sort of you know, come here. We always had our minds to go there. Um, obviously, the Pam Sly mare looks very good, and we've got to give it six pounds. But, um, you know, we'll, uh, you know if, if LA Bell comes in, in good form that she can be. Uh, like I think, you know, runs the race she can. I think, you know, we'll make make the Pam Slime there go. Yeah. Has it been the plan for Destria with the red rum, Harry? All yeah, along. Destria. Yeah, it has been. Um, like he got held up and missed quite a bit of time um, early part of the year. Um, he's been running on quite testing conditions that wouldn't really suit him all that well. Um, he's done loads of work 
Um, he'd be better on this better ground and, and he's been placed here in a grade one as a novice as well. So, um, look, the handicapper's given him a chance, but the handicapper had him on a very high mark of 151. Um, so, yeah, he obviously comes into the race with a competitive chance, but 18 runner handicap, um, you need a bit of luck on his side, but, you know, it's a red hot race, but he looks to hold, you know, if he brings all his A game, he looks to hold a good chance. We, we spoke to um, Will Biddick uh, in the week, uh, Charlie, on age.co.uk, uh, and obviously it's just fantastic to see the, the amateurs back, obviously in the wake of the Cheltenham Festival and, and the point-to-point scene, and obviously that you're, you're very close to it. It's, uh, it's back in full flow, is that correct? Yeah, back in full flow, and look, it's, it's great to have the amateurs back riding in the Fox Hunters today, and, and look, I'd say Will's got a strong chance on some Akagal, but uh, again, you can need a lot of luck in that race, and then... Yeah, you need things to go your way, but I think the fact that he that Samantha Galbrand's previous course form over the fences and Will can probably ride him nice and positive will be very much in his favour. Yeah. And uh, just go back to yourself, Harry. Obviously, as we allude to, it's it's been a fantastic season. Is, is there one moment that particularly stands out more than the others? Of course, you had two Grade One wins on, on Tingle Creek Day at Sandown, Shamblu winning the Grade One uh, in the Corso Star of Boxing Day, beating Altior on on Nube Negra. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably say uh, stand down at Christmas to have two grade ones in the space of 40 minutes. You know, it was very special. Um, two very good horses. Um, definitely a, a highlight of the year um, so far. Charlie, for yourself, um, just in, in terms of maybe National Hunt as a whole, as we almost begin to wind down, you know, in the wake of of Aintree, it's been fantastic to see that the way the sport has really come together you know during the the coronavirus lockdown you know no crowds owners obviously have already just come back um, into the enclosures in, in in the last couple of weeks or so uh it's just I mean it almost feels like now that the sport should you know really give itself a pat on the back we didn't have a grand national you know full stop last year uh, and at least it goes to show the kind of strides and, and progress that we've made yeah, the creation's been phenomenal throughout, you know, sports brought everyone together, giving people something to watch. And, and like I say, it, it takes plenty of knocks, but I think it, it deserves enormous credit for providing the spectacle that it has and giving something to people to look forward to. And look, we've got entry, the Grand National on Saturday, we've got the John Jockey Championship battle, which is all of a sudden actually a contest for the first time in a very long time. And hopefully Harry can get the job done now over the, over the last few weeks of the season and have a good entry to start and then crown it all as being champion jockey come this sort of penultimate weekend in, in, in April. And I know certainly from my point of view, though, there'd be, there'd be no better moment, you know, and, and I look forward to the party that they'll throw when we can all get together afterwards because uh, they know how to throw a party of skeletons as well. So that'll be good time. <laughs> It'd be a good party if, uh, obviously, like you said, Harry, if, uh, if you're able to get the job done. Um, with Brian Hughes, I mean, it's remarkable. It's almost like a you know a Premier League head to head as as racing fans and and people in the game. We, it feels like we've almost been denied a kind of real you know head to head tooth and tooth and nail scrap for the Jockeys Championship. You know, what are those emotions kind of every day? Because you're riding out of your skin at the moment. Yeah, obviously, I, I don't think we've had this sort of battle. I think since probably Maguire and Dunwoody, but um, AP obviously had it won a long way out um, when he was champion. And um, yeah, so I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, this is where I wanted to be. You know, I've always wanted to try and try, try and do what I'm doing now. Um, you can just concentrate on what we're doing, really. Um, can't control, you know, anything outside of our, of our team. So, 
Um, we'll keep going now. We've got a lot of horses to run. Um, hopefully you get a bit of luck and you just keep them one piece. And yeah, like it won't be through a lack of trying anyway. So we'll keep going right to the end. Yeah, because things can change big time. Like I had, um, I think last month I had a, on average over, I think I had a winner a day. Um, I had two four timers. So it can literally turn around in in 24 hours. Um, you just never know in this game. Um, but we've got some good rides coming up. So um, that's good. It would be, uh, I suppose, we would have to mention uh, on the side topic of talking about the Jockeys' Championship, of course, Richard Johnson um, retiring from, from the saddle on, on Saturday. Uh, Charlie, have you got a favourite Richard Johnson memory? Not a favourite memory, but I mean, like he was a great guy, but one of my, my personal things, it was him and Paul Maloney. Always, you know, they, they knew how much money, every pound that they'd won, and, and they used to love nothing more than sort of getting up on the line to beat you for fourth and it would earn about six or seven quid but it was that sort of complete desire to get the best out of everything and you know they come in and say oh well that'll pay for the coffee on the way home or pay for the fuel and and so the whole time they were always thinking about maximizing everything they could get from the game and and i think richard johnson did that in spades throughout his career you know it, it does. It, uh, I mean, of course, we've we've seen plenty of images on social media in, in the last week, haven't we? It does have that kind of end of an era feeling. Barry Geraghty retiring, Ruby, AP, and now Richard. It's it's almost like the new guard, um, Charlie. Would that be fair to say? No, I think so. But I mean, like you like I say, you, you've seen right now we've got Harry Skelton, Brian Hughes, and the likes of the others coming on, and, and, and you, you know, a next generation of jockeys that are hopefully going to be around for the next few years, and and you know, take that mantle on and, and, and drive on forward with it, Tom, you know. Yeah, Sport uh, changes very quickly, you know, and mm. you, you hang up your boots and even if you're, you're the greatest ever, it's soon forgotten about and, and it and it keeps moving forward all the time. Sport is very unforgiving like that, I would say. Mm. Uh, Harry, would you say that the, the, the weighing room will, will have a noticeable feeling to it without Richard Johnson there on a, on a daily basis? Yeah, massively. I think you, you'd struggle to find someone who had a bad word to say about Richard Johnson. Um, from the day from the day I first went in there um, as a seven pound claimer to the day last day I shared the wedding room with him he, he never changed like I never ever once um, heard him raise his voice to anyone um, everyone just had full respect for him he did the game properly um, he gave everything a ride um, like when I was growing up and we used to go to Cheltenham and you watch him on Rooster Booster um, Detroit City those sort of horses he, he still gave them rides on the big days as he gave those on, on the small days and um, he was so tough he took you know all the falls and the injuries he had and but he never ever changed and he's just a remarkable person you could just learn you know so much off him just about general general life really not just 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 a jockey mm. um i think you'd struggle to find anyone who had a bad word to say about him and it you know he will be missed in the weighing room and he was one of those guys you could always you know go and ask him something he'd always help you out whether you you rode 100 winners a year or um you hadn't ridden a winner um he was just a very very good guy and um you know i'm sure his family are very happy now that he has retired in one piece and um, he should be very proud of what he's achieved. Absolutely right. 100%. Uh, very good words, yeah. 
Um, and, and then I, I guess obviously just just talking about the the, the race itself, Harry, uh, we, we'd have to mention Black Lion. I think he's, he's bottom of the handicap, but of course he's had a, a few good spins over the the, the national fences uh, in the in the past. How is he before uh, Saturday's big race? He's in good form actually. Um, it's definitely the best we've ever had him. Um, obviously he's a lot older now than he was when he won the Beecher and when he'd been in the national before. But he's got no weight on his back. He looks fantastic. Um, we're very happy with his fitness. Um, he ran nicely at Newcastle the last day. Um, he's definitely improved since then. He'll give his owners, you know, a good day out, and um, you never know. Um, it's the national. You've got a bit of luck on your side. Um, yeah, he could well on run on into a place. I actually think going into the race, I think Cloth Cap is. I think he's he's a very short price, but he's a deservedly favourite. And I think um, he's the one we have all got to beat, I think. Yeah, again, Charlie, we, we mentioned it in the past, uh, Cloth Cap. He, he, he's sure, isn't he, for, for, for a race such as this? And, and maybe a, f- a few years ago when, when the fences kind of w- were a bit higher, you'd maybe be a little bit off-put by, you know, Tiger Old was 4-1, to one, but he, he'd been there and done it. But, of course, the whole £14 well in, you know, he's got a favourites chance for all that he's, uh, he's obviously very, very short in the market. Yeah, I mean, look, he's rock solid, isn't he? He's fourteen pounds well in. He's had a he's had a faultless prep, and as you say, since the course has been modified, look, it's still a, a big test, but it's it's not the kind of pottery that it once was, and and that has to be very much in his favour. And I spoke to John Joe Neal during the week, and I think it's never going to be now because he's got so much in his favour, and 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 yeah, the, the sort of complete lottery element of the race has been taken out of it slightly, and. It's very hard to get away from him, much as I probably wouldn't be backing him at, at whatever he is, 4 to 1, 7 to 2 in a race like this. Yeah, uh, well, we're delighted, obviously, to have on age.co.uk uh, the second edition of uh, Post versus Hunt. Uh, Charlie, you saw off John Hunt. I think it was 40 20 in the end at the Cheltenham Festival, wasn't it? Sorry, Charlie, you still there? I'm just going to. Um, Hello, can you hear me? That any better? Yeah, I can. So we may have lost uh, Charlie. Yeah, we've lost him. I just, I know what, what, a, what a, what a time to happen as well. Uh, <laughs> we'll try and add him back in. Um, Harry, all I was going to mention was um, obviously another trainer, um, Bruno, uh, Ollie Murphy, brewing up a storm. Um, uh, Charlie fancies his chances uh, in the in the entry hurdles today. I know uh, Ollie, obviously being a local trader, is someone that you know very well, and and he's chasing kind of that first, you know, Grade One uh, in, in open company. Uh, it w- it would be fantastic to see him him achieve that in these next three days, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Um, obviously, he's only only down the road from us. Um, I think that, that you know he should enjoy the. Um, the trip and the ground, I think the track will suit him well. So he looks to hold a good chance for them. So um, I think he's he did it well the last day at Fontwell. Um, and he, yeah, he looks to hold a great chance uh, for Ollie and his team. Fantastic. Well, uh, Harry, we obviously really, really appreciate your time. Uh, it looks like we've lost Charlie, sadly. There was a bit of a connection problem getting him on the show in the uh, first time round. Um, we I wish you. The... He might not have paid his bill. <laughs> Can you hear me now or not? Yeah, there oh, we go. Oh, we got you, Charlie. Just paid, 
He just paid his bill. He's back again. <laughs> did yeah, did you have to put another pound in the meter? Off, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just popped the phone off. Yeah, 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 massively. I um, know uh, oh. Harry's been brilliant today. And then, like, it's been great here. And just as quick as we go, Harry's been brilliant. Yeah. Morzine. Just speak to your co- one of your colleagues on Will Telfer. We, the first morning, we all get our kit. We go up to well-known racing faces coming down this blue run. Skis everywhere, bodies sliding down the mountain. Yeah. I think we've lost him again. I think we lost him. We've lost him again. I think I think he was telling us a yeah. funny story about Ollie then. Yeah, Ollie, Ollie, um, Ollie Murphy actually and Will Telfer are fantastic skiers. Um, oh, they were on your stag do. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean they're very, very competent skiers. Um, I mean, and you know, no mountain, no mountain too big for those two. <laughs> well, they put the um, effort. Charlie, in. on the other hand, he's a bit of a novice, but he's progressing <laughs> and he'll get there in the end. Is there is there any more plans to head over uh, in kind of the wake of COVID? Um, maybe once, yeah, COVID's out of the way. Maybe next winter, or hopefully, we'll get another trip. Um, I think Will and, Will and Ollie enjoyed it that much. They might take us all out there on um, Ollie Stag do if he ever finds the right woman. <laughs> Is there how, how many? Because I've never been uh, skiing. You see, Harry, how many hours of preparation would you say you needed? Oh, I think if you're a natural, you can just pick it up quickly. Now, I think the younger you learn out, the better. Yeah. Um, but I mean, no. um, as long as uh, I think if England, if he has, if his skis are too long, he's not very confident. He needs shorter skis as well. Yeah. Um, but um, no. Um, if you've learned from a kid, it uh, comes naturally. Comes naturally. Absolutely right. Um, we'll give Charlie one more go. Charlie, are you still there or not? Can we hear you? No, I think we. Uh, no, I think we've lost Charlie. It, the the meter didn't last long, did it? Sadly, but no, no, he's definitely not paying his bill, is he? <laughs> I was going to say he's going to listen back to this, and he, he, he might have to drop you a message. But um, but yeah, no, we we really really appreciate you coming onto the show, uh, Harry. Uh, you've obviously had a, a fantastic season. Long may that continue for the uh, the next three to four weeks, or however long it is until Sandown. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic, you know finale to the to the Jockeys Championship against Brian Hughes. Uh, but obviously, first things first, we wish you best of luck uh, with your rides at Aintree over the next three days. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. No problem.